Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Ballheads, it's JB again from the Root Urban Truth. And I am here to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Now, I know you've noticed because I have, it's starting to get hot out there. And if it's getting hot like that, you know what that means? If you haven't been taming the forest that's below your belt, then likely things are not going to smell that great. So that's where Manscaped comes in. They redesigned the electric trimmer after 18 months of perfecting it. I have to say that I have the new lawnmower 3.0 and it is amazing. I didn't know that there was going to be a difference in blades, but they have ceramic blades that help in preventing manscaping accidents. And I didn't realize it, but an LED light is useful when you're shaving because I probably have been missing spots this entire time. And not to mention, it comes with a charging stand that can keep your clippers charged for up to 90 minutes on one charge. So if you experience any of the fear that I have shaving my balls, (laughs) you gotta experience this firsthand. Trim that junk of yours, get 20% off and free shipping with the code T-R-U-T-20 at manscaped.com. That is T-R-U-T-20 and get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Now let's get into the show. It's Memorial Day weekend. Hey, y'all. Hey. I'm excited for the cookout. Uh, Wait, uh, so you still cooking out? Okay, first of all, you know who to judge, your mother. <laughs> and <laughs> secondly, yes, I made some linguine salad. I have some steak. There's some ribs, some green beans, some corn. I don't rewind. Linguine salad? Okay, pasta salad, y'all call it down here? Oh, I don't like pasta salad, so. Okay, so oh, it's like that. It is like that. My aunt asked me to refrain from making um, any more pastas. Mm. Like, is it kind of like, like one of those ones where you're just throwing Italian dressing in there and then? Yeah. No, I make my. I boil, no, I make my own. I boil my own noodles and everything. I don't batter ones in a box. They got to wear aftertaste. I just cut up the. And I mean, it's not hard to make. You just cut up some vegetables, some linguine noodles, and you pour some Italian dressing. A little bit of salad supreme, maybe some shrimp. Possibly mm-hmm. depends on how you're feeling. But I was gonna make macaroni and cheese, but my aunt didn't want so much pasta. Because she's trying to, like, you know, maintain, you know, me, I'm trying to, like, eat, eat. I'm like, oh, I'll make me a little pan of macaronis, whatever. Sounds like an assault to the palate, but that's okay. Wow, my macaroni um, cheese is actually <laughs> decent. I got them I don't on. know. I haven't had it, so as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Wow. That's my relative. You know how I am about mac and cheese. I'm, right. I'm not one of those people that just allows any mac and cheese to slide under the radar. Like 
I need my cousins to come chime in because they probably will be sitting at home talking about her macaroni and cheese is good. I have the arms. I got that's what I was gonna say. I have potato salad arms and mac and cheese arms at this point. Like I'm really whipping with it. And it's yeah, one of my favorite. Exactly why I can't take you anywhere. This is exactly <laughs> why I can't take you anywhere. But we we've skipped all introductions. I'm JB. Oh, I'm Urban Lester. Hey y'all, hey. Yeah, and this is the rude urban truth. And she is already cutting up. I'm just here. Am I really I'm just gonna blame that all on you? Am I really? <laughs> yeah, I don't have any plans for more, Dave. I've been mm. trying to convince Babe to let us get this small grill so we can do something outside, but he's like, oh, if we're getting a grill, it's going to have to be a big one. Right. Not yeah. that little gr- child. I know, but something in the interim, like, so that we can cook something. Because I mean, who's crouching down to turn over meat? Like, you know what? We can put it on the table. See, the, you, you know what? I, I felt like I was going to be able to get some support here, but I guess not. No, because you're trying to cook out on a George Foreman grill. Like,. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we're gonna end up having to cook on anyway inside so we might as well get something outside that's comparable to it oh no i'm not going no. to you yeah not anyway today. yeah so let me go ahead and do our introduction so if you have not subscribed to us definitely subscribe on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on definitely rate too um we love those um, if you're not following us on social media follow us on facebook and instagram at the root urban truth podcast and twitter at root truth pod and check out the website the root urban truth because finally after many weeks of saying that she was going to put something in the store urban Lather has finally created new shirts first of all anna so, wintour don't act like that i'm glad you're you addressing like me wintour. as as my <laughs> celebrity fashion name meanwhile lugs over here it. just made two shirts and think she is doing some major things Okay. World, but. First of all, I think I'm feeling plan at this point. <laughs> like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm a designer now. But no, this is the Notorious Brunch Collection. And there are shirts with some biggie quotes. I wouldn't say biggie quotes exactly, you know, for like lofty purposes. Some biggie hints with some brunch themes sprinkled in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're biggie samples. Right. Samples. We're called them biggie parodies, yeah. if you will. Yes, and there's a shirt on there that you can design yourself. You can make yourself notorious. Yeah. So, so and it's pretty easy. You just go into it and you'll click on how you're going to personalize, put in your name. And we make sure that all shirts that you are personalized and go into a queue for us so that we can make sure that it looks good. And if there are any changes that need to be made to make sure it gives you the look that you're looking for, we can go ahead and take care of that and then we can push it over to print. See, look at that. Quality assurance, baby. Quality <laughs> right. assurance. But it's been a couple of weeks and we had not had a guest on the show, but we do have one today. Yeah, we have a guest today. He's super quiet right now. I don't know why. Like he all sat <laughs> waiting for the introduction. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the introduction. Okay, here we go. First of all, JB won't give me sound. So let's start there. I would ask for a drum roll, but you know how that goes. Today, I mean, you got to let me know these things ahead of time so I can be ready for it. But. You wouldn't have gave me them anyway. Don't act like that. But anyway, today's guest hails from my hometown, naturally. I met this guy when we were Tinderonis back in undergrad, and we would talk about politics, especially lobbyists who push bad agendas, among some other things, right? Okay, let me put right. that aside, because that was real, like, commercially sounding. I don't work for public broadcasting. Right, I was like, is this a sponsorship opportunity? Okay, like, what it didn't sound like it. Did you hear my sponsorship commercial? Well, let me get back on task. Okay, we have Austin Davis from the Pennsylvania State House of Representatives. 
Make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make my own horn since you won't give me horn. <laughs> oh, hey, I can introduce you. Really uh, <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, Urban and JB, for having me on today. Uh, I'm I'm Pennsylvania State Representative Austin Davis, and I represent Pennsylvania's 35th legislative district uh, in Allegheny County, right outside the city of Pittsburgh. Um, and Jada, we a lot of our talks back at the University of Pittsburgh have shaped uh, the public official that I am today. So I often reflect upon those conversations uh, when I am um, when I'm in Harrisburg and trying to stop bad policies. So we wanted to right. be lobbyists who were, you know, pushing good policies that improve people's lives. And unfortunately, now uh, as a minority member of the House of Representatives, I spend a lot of time fighting bad policies. Uh, from becoming law. So it, it's an interesting, uh, it's interesting how I've kind of come full circle on that. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and she is still big in politics. So I feel like this is going to be a really good Did you really say she's still big in politics? Like I'm like on this whole <laughs> oh, podcast. Yeah. Oh no, you know how we, you know how we do sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, what's going on to, in today's world, you can't afford not to be big in the politics. Like you, you okay. can't not to pay attention to what's going on. Uh, Listen. We, literally seen or living through some of the craziest times in American history. Right. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's a struggle. <laughs> That's about the best way to explain it. <laughs> just, this is the this is the struggle. Right. It is really a struggle. And I've been up and, and down. Right come up again. <laughs> yeah. Because I've been up and down. One minute I'm like cool. I'm feeling like hype. Like, yo, I'm in quarantine. I can learn some new stuff. And then the next minute it's like, hey, I just want to go outside. <laughs> like I'm really up and down. Like it's it's so crazy. Yeah, I think everybody's going through that. Like as a mm -hmm. as a who literally my job is social interaction. Uh it's been a really strange couple of months to not, you know, not be able to go to community events, not be able to 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 see the people that I'm used to seeing or or, or really just operating the way we used to operate uh in Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we started, I had asked you that. I was like, hey, are you still, like, are you at home? Are you remote? And you said you couldn't be remote right now. Yeah, so what happens is because we are a legislative body, uh, we have to pass bills. So you have to, we have to, each member gets to vote on the bills that come forward. So we, we do have a, an ability to vote from our districts. Uh, so we don't necessarily have to go to Harrisburg, but um, if you vote from your district, you don't have the ability to offer amendments and you can't speak on the floor. So it really, it really inhibits the work that you can do and advocating for your constituents. So I, I voted remotely for, um, March, April, and a part of May, but like mid May, I started going back to the Capitol because things started to heat up around, uh, the Republicans wanted to reopen everything very quickly. Um, which I didn't think was safe. Um, so I it was important to be there and advocate for my constituents uh, that, you know, as an elected official, my highest priority is making sure that their, their health and well-being is maintained. Because we can't have a strong economy with a sick population. Right. Come on now. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> See, this is why we need sound effects. I needed a choir to go, hey, yeah. Like at the end, at church. Like, see, it's Sunday. See, y'all not vibing with me today. It's okay. No, I'm vibing. I just, you know, <laughs> I try to get you to not sing as much as possible. So, wow. <laughs> but 
but we are glad to have you up here. So we're going to, we're going to love getting some of your input on some of the things we talk about today, even if it's not even politics uh, related, because, you know, it's always good to, to get another opinion because, you know, ours sometimes ain't really <laughs> lobbying behind. So <laughs> Urban Laffer, do you have a rude quote of the week for us this week? Okay. I do have a, a rude quote of the week. Okay. So here's the thing, right? When I was a kid, I used to go, oh, why do athletes retire in their 30s? They're still so young, right? But now in my 30s, trying to get up <laughs> off the couch, baby, <laughs> knees hurt. I watched the Beanie Man versus Bounty Killer battle last night. And um, first of all, dance hall is lit. Y'all know dance hall is lit. I was in the house turned. And I had a good time, but now my knees hurt. So I'm actually sitting down recording this in a position where my blanket's over my knees because they're sore. I really need a hot water bottle one. <laughs> So, I feel yeah. like this is this is basically showing us that maybe you did need a break from what could have been potentially another hot girl summer, like because <laughs> the wow. joints aren't prepared yet. We need get your vitamin um intake up, you know, right. get you some Bengay or some icy hot so that you're prepared for the, the after effects of doing whatever it is that you do in the privacy of your home. Because I, I mean, I was scared. thinking more of a cardio thing. Like I was excited oh. to just dance. Dancing feels good, and you know I'm Chris Greasy with the dance moves. So oh. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that. I don't remember that from college. I'm not. Knock <laughs> it off. You know what? It doesn't matter. You are confident in doing whatever it is that you are doing. And and there are people with cameras that are very appreciative of it. Right. Y'all know y'all didn't have to y'all know y'all didn't have to do me like that. <laughs> Let yeah, me maintain like, yeah, my like, fiction. Oh, um, Went to uh, we were uh, vendors or at a Tuts and Chuts party, and I got a video of <clears throat> Urban Laughter um, doing things like <laughs> that required strong knees. So I I'm was wondering how she felt the next day. I was yeah, my knees definitely hurt, but I was on beat too. <laughs> you should post that. You should post that video on Instagram or Snapchat. <laughs> oh yes, it's coming. It is coming. <laughs> We've already discussed it. If she does not do it, then I will. <laughs> it's okay. Report. Scam, scam, or abuse. <laughs> Report your <laughs> harassment. Have it, yes, have it taken down for 24 hours, and then they're going to suggest that I block. No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. So, so um, Black Magic. Uh, do we have any Black Magic women or men you want to highlight today? Um, This week, I have Black Magic women and men, and it's going to the class of 2020. I wanted to wait mm-hmm. until most graduations had wrapped up because everyone from undergrad to high school um, or from high school to undergrad, they all worked really hard. Graduate level, everyone worked really hard and you all managed to finish during a pandemic. And a lot of you missed the opportunity to walk across the stage to celebrate your major milestone. And you took Mm -hmm. it in stride. And I know that had to be hard um, because I had, I got the opportunity to walk for my graduation. So I can't imagine not walking because it's the final hurrah, the last seal the deal thing for you. Mm -hmm. So to miss that makes it real for a lot of people. Right. Right. Well, Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, even if you think about it, like your senior year, like your last three months of your senior year, you were mentally preparing to leave and, you know, say mm-hmm. bye to friends who you had had for a long time. And that mm-hmm. just ended abruptly. Those young right. people get that opportunity, that last hurrah. So, I mean, I, it could be really traumatizing because there are some people that you went to high school with that you're close with that you may not really see much again. Right. Yeah. That's very true. And even in the age of social media, you just lose touch with people. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah. So, hats off to you all because that is not easy, and I can't even imagine it. Oh, and shout out to my little cousin Erica. How could I forget to shout her out? My little cousin graduated from medical school, y'all. And I oh, hold congratulations! Like 
Yeah, sis did that. She did it. That is Dr. Smith. So if you see my little cousin or you see a picture of me posting it with her, I'll tag her. Definitely congratulate her because I'm so proud of her. Can we hold $20? Okay. <laughs> she's <laughs> off to, um, she's moving to California. So she's moving to California. Oh, she was time. born and raised in Virginia, went to school out in um, Missouri. So I'm just proud of her. I'm so proud yeah, of her. I love it. I yeah. love all of that. Me too. Me too. And she and got a distinguished honor too for her research in her field. So I have to hey. really hype my cousin up. Like, come on, Dr. Smith, because you did that. I'm so proud. Keep it up. I love it. I love it, especially in the times that we're dealing with right now. Like, right. I mean, you can still see that, you know, because there are a lot of people because of what we're going through right now have probably lost motivation and it's starting, it could be going, coming through in their, their studies. So seeing that there right. are people who are able to push through because they're going through things that we didn't have to. Right. Like we didn't have to try to teach ourselves at home in order to get through the remaining months of our, our semester. Right. Like this is something that no one could have prepared for to that capacity when it comes to our kids. And seeing that people are able to push through it is, is I mean, to me, that's, that motivates me because I don't know. I, I know how I'm struggling right now working from home. Mm. <laughs> so, so just sitting here seeing that these kids are having to still be kids and make it through their studies and stuff like that is it's, it's admirable. So yeah, shout out to all. Is. Yes. So how did you like the, since you mentioned it really quickly, and I saw a lot of people talking about it, how did you like the Beanie Man uh, Bounty Killer battle? Um, I liked it a lot. Um, I wouldn't even say, I would say it was a tie. I liked it because they were both in person. So that was different. They were both in person. The police came. Together? Yeah, they were in person together, face to face. The police actually came and tried to shut it down, but they didn't. Um, Wait, was this in person? <clears throat> no, it was on Instagram Live. Excuse me. Oh, okay. You know those verses, but they were actually in the same room together. Right, but they were actually oh, okay. in the same room together, so there were no technical difficulties like with Teddy Riley and Nelly. So it was okay. like, or or Erica Badu and Jill. It was real live in person. This dancehall music hit for hit, and I didn't realize they had so many hits. I was walking around the house, zagazow, zagazow, just <laughs> vibing out. Like, so I don't think anyone won. Um, not gonna hold you. I'm not Jamaican as y'all obviously know. I don't speak Patois, so there was some times where I didn't know, but I did like do the calls, like the poop, poop, poop. That was fun. But some stuff I didn't <laughs> understand. I was like, okay, I don't get that, but I do enjoy dancehall music. So I just kept vibing out and dancing. Stayed I'm in my sure lane. Jamaican ancestors were getting irritated the whole time. Like, girl, stop. Right. <laughs> this, this we do. Right. Like, um, what are you doing? Like I, I but I like the music. Oh, uh, that I've heard. A, I saw a lot of people talking about it. A lot of it people loved it. There were a lot of people just like you who said that they felt like it was a tie. And I think because they were in the same room, that's why a lot of people were saying that this is probably the best audio they've had so far for a versus battle. Right, right. I, you know, I didn't watch it, but I did see um, something, an, another live with Tamia and Eric Benet. Because, uh, you know, I'm, I go hard for Tamia. She's still one of my favorite female singers, and she sounds amazing despite being in the industry for as long as she has. Mm-hmm. She made Eric Benet sound like he was going through some things. I definitely see the life. snippet. Yeah, I've seen the <laughs> snippet of it. I was looking at Eric Benet mostly because, you know, in my mind, we dated. But Oh, um, oh in your mind, you dated? Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it a long relationship? It was kind of long. It was, it was long. It was prosperous, healthy. I don't know what happened. I think it's because <laughs> I moved. Either. <laughs> that might have been it. <laughs> but she y'all really are haters. Tamia sounded 
amazing. She did amazing. And I, 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 I was talking to Carlos from CarlosCooking.com. <laughs> he was telling me how apparently it was supposed to be something that Tyrese was putting together. Like he wanted to do like a surprise date night for his wife. Aww. And he was getting Tamia and Eric Benet together to see if they could sing for her. And um, they did not fully understand what this Instagram live thing is. They He thought that he could bring three people into one live when we know that it's kind of restricted to two. <laughs> so it was a whole mess when it came to that. There were times where people said that they didn't even know that they were singing on someone's live because the live that they were watching, they didn't hear anything. But it was, so it was a hot mess when it came to that. But someone took the two recordings and combined them together. Yeah, that's how I seen and, it. I seen it on Twitter oh combined, and it was good. And I was like, "Yeah, this is this is good." Yeah, he he struggled a little bit on his side, but you know, to me, it made for made up for it. He made up for it with that hat tilted to the side. You know that de- that Zaddy hat, that Daddy yeah, hat tilted to the side. That hat like old dude from um, Proud Family, like sir, mm-hmm. Uncle. <laughs> his name is Uncle. <laughs> Don't do uncle. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I say that because I want to use that as a segue into our rude talk because um, I thought that that was kind of, I'm not a big fan of Tyrese, but I thought that was cool that he would go through those lengths to try to create a date night for his woman because the way that the pandemic has impacted us, especially from like our relationships, whether it's a friendship or a relationship. Yes. Um, it has impacted things significantly. So I was wondering, I know that we've done things on our end to try to keep things a little bit interesting. I was just wondering, well, I know Urban Laughter, you, you may not be dating, but do you know of any ideas that you could suggest to people who are in this pandemic trying to find ways to keep some type of interest or spice or spark in what they have, knowing wow. that they're pretty much still confined to four walls? I mean, since I'm not dating now, you can send me Uber Eats. That's always always ideal. You can send me Uber Eats and we can FaceTime. And, and, but only and, if you act nicely, I'll take my bonnet off. Oh. Yeah. My hair's kind of deep. Do you want the bonnet to come off? Yeah, they do. I know. See? You know, for for the Pittsburgh listeners, I'm trying to find it real quick, but there's this new service. Uh, on Pittsburgh that you can order and they will send you everything for like uh, a date at home. I mean, and it's like really fancy. Like it's not like uh, it's like steak and shrimp, lobster tails. Like, yeah, there's there's different packages. They send the candles and all that. Um, So um, I did that. They send the candles? Mm Mm-hmm. They send you everything you need for like a surprise date at home. And I did that with my wife uh, while we were on quarantine. How was, so how, how was it? How was the whole thing? Like, it, um, it was it was awesome. Everything that came in the package. Yeah, it came, everything you needed came in a package. It was like you know you just had to like cook it, um, but it turned out phenomenal. It was a surprise. The package just showed up, and I kind of decked out the house while she was doing a Zoom call upstairs. Hey. Oh, Arthur, that is so look at you. That is so sweet. <laughs> That's why she made. Oh. She knew she couldn't find anybody better. <laughs> oh, you're yeah, right. I feel like she was the catch. You know, she was the catch. <laughs> she was. She was the catch. <laughs> That's funny, we, we've done something too, like uh, Urban Laughter. You already saw that we did like a, a random spa day. We went and bought, like, we went out and, and braved the 
pandemic crowd with our masks and stuff on and bought like little containers like we could soak our feet in and we had our robes and um I had done some finagling with the wine um <laughs> a, a wine uh club that sent us all this wine so we turned it into like a wine tasting and everything so it was cool and then we found these people who actually will send you a an at home um date night for a sip and paint party so oh, they yeah, send that's you fun. the thing with the with all of the paints the it comes with a, a picture so you know what you're supposed to be drawing it comes with everything so like there's some things out there but i i know that it's probably hard <laughs> and then right now people are being almost feeling motivated to go out so because states are starting to open up like in texas we opened up 50 percent on friday which is i'm still keeping my ass inside because i just don't feel safe yet i feel you but <clears throat> You know, for those people who are like me that that want to still do something but to stay home, they can. Just like I think I told you also, um, Urban Laughter about the the card um, game that we bought. Yeah, you did the the yes, look at your ass thing, kind of make you yes, uncomfortable. So this, there's this card game that you can get. It has like multiple topics inside, but the whole point of it is to build and increase levels of communication in your relationship, whether it's like an intimate type of relationship or your friends or mm -hmm. parents, whatever the case is. And um, basically you sit down, it starts off where you're supposed to stare at each other's eyes for 30 seconds, silent, like nothing, just sit for 30 awkward. seconds. That seems awkward. It is awkward as hell. Really but, awkward. <laughs> but I, I had to tell myself that, okay, there's a reason why we're doing this keep an open mind so you stare for 30 seconds and then after that each person pulls six cards and you flip over your card and you ask the question and truthfully some of the questions are pretty like deep they're questions that you know that some people may need to ask or may have been wanting to ask but haven't really felt comfortable or felt like they were in a space to really talk about it yet or there's some that, that just kind of you talk about future like you know if you're going to have kids or things like that so it kind of creates an environment to what? help people who want to better their communication in their relationship so we what's the name of the that. game it's called well the the series especially you can you can see what it is on youtube if you hmm. search for the skin deep okay um but uh and i think that's actually what the website is the skin deep um yeah the the series is actually called the and which is interesting it's like mm -hmm. the and it's like a space and then this and like but when i say space i mean like it's a big gap <laughs> but they have it for different um relationships like they have couples long-term relationships friends family if you're just dating they even have one for yourself so like questions that you know maybe you as a person need to do some self-reflecting on um to to grow as a person so we've we've been doing that it's, we're it's time for us to do that again we decided we were going to try to do it every week or so but, uh, okay yeah. so while y'all yeah. two are sitting in the house gaining weight being cute or whatever <laughs> me and my single self i didn't drop 10 lbs because i've been hey. making moves on steps and jb you've seen them i mean i'm talking like i'm getting 20 something uh thousand a day now i have been slacking this last couple of weeks i'm not gonna hold up definitely slacked a little bit but these date night ideas i might have to bite those guys yeah, and it, it, some of these are still good to do even outside of all of this stuff that's yeah, going on. Like yeah. When everything opens back up, you know, it might be nice to kind of do what Austin did and have like the surprise date night at home with everything. Right, or, right. You know, just to 
sit out. Like we've done the car thing outside on the uh, patio, just sat there and we are outside drinking and doing the car game. See, the only drinking I've been doing is So I'm literally buying the car game right now. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I heard you typing. I'm like, is he typing? <laughs> Yes, I'm buying, <laughs> I, I'm buying. I'm buying a pack for me and a pack for my best friend. They like. I'm going to share these with couples. Yeah, it's cool. And then um, Carlos from CarlosQuicken.com. He actually was sending me questions from the friend edition. He bought the friend edition, and you know, sometimes I think some of the questions I've seen, especially for the friend edition, are like those those questions that require you to hype each other up. You know, I think that we all tend to boost our friends up all the time, but sometimes. You know, it might be a good moment to like take everything else out of the equation and just be like, yo, you have to remember who the fuck you are. Like, okay. <laughs> and, and I'm your best friend. I'm going to remind you of that. Okay. So the, there's stuff like that in there too. So um, those are some of the things we've come across. But yeah, I was interested. I, I did not know about the the company that you guys are, you used in Pittsburgh that would send the whole date night. So I'm, yeah, I'm, and I'm, also, what's the name of that company? You didn't say the name. To, what's the name of it? I'm trying to find it. I've been looking through my email to find it. Okay. I can't look. If I get it, I will absolutely put it on. Wow, typical uh, man, guys. Typical man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not surprised at this at all. Ladies, if you're listening, ignore these two. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'll be our advocate. I may have found something too. I, I just looked something up, and and there's a thing called Date Box Club. JB's in Dallas, just so everyone knows, because I don't want anyone in Pittsburgh thinking that he found something for you guys. No, I know oh, this. Seems, it seems like it's something that can be for anybody. Oh, okay, I take it back. Not just in the Dallas area. See, boom. Hot. I rescind my last statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what you get. But, yeah, Ooh, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up, but then. Going from that, and I, I, I realized this recently, uh, I told uh, Urban Laughter how I was on a call with um, one of my best friends recently. His birthday passed last Wednesday. Happy birthday, Cam. Um, but he brought together over 30-something people into a Zoom call for his birthday. I don't even know people that many people to, that I would want in my space like that. But I thought that was really cool. But um, it made me start thinking because... With the pandemic, pandemic being the way it is, um, a lot of friendships and relationships have either gotten closer, mended, or have ended, honestly. And I was reading an article about a lot of the relationships and friendships where people were able to reconcile during um, quarantine. And I thought it was interesting. I wanted to get some some feedback on it because like a lot of people have said that because of the uncertainty of what's going on with COVID-19, it put a lot of people in positions where they may have had strained relationships with other people and they wanted to find ways to, even if they didn't become good friends again, they wanted to find ways to, to mend things so that if one of them happens to not make it, they have been, they, they found a way to reconcile so that they both can be at peace with things. And, I, and I've seen a lot of women especially say that the pandemic has brought back a lot of exes that just want to send those, hey, big head um, text messages. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. They've been sitting back reflecting like, yeah, I've been sitting here and, you know, everything that's going on has me just thinking about how it was terrible and I just want to apologize and stuff like that. And most of the women I've seen who've gotten those text messages said that they can kick rocks. But yes, I it would make me wonder if some of these men actually were being genuine in those responses. If they were, like, um, 
how do you feel about it? Because, you know, the circumstances may make them come off like the football that they were, but <laughs> we also know that circumstances have, have caused people to think about things in different ways. Okay. Austin, you take, well, no, Austin's married. He can't relate to this. I'm I'm saying, some no, yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody has reached out to me. And I hope okay. nobody's reached out to my wife. Okay. <laughs> But I received one um, from one of my exes, and I think he was you because we've actually grown to be friends over the years. Naturally, me being myself, he was like, hey, I was thinking about you. And I'm like, of course, I'm human cocaine. Like, how could you not? <laughs> <laughs> like, duh, you're thinking of me. How, how could you not? Um, he and I, we talked for a really long time. Um, we talked for like uh, about maybe an hour or so on the phone. He ended up calling me after. But um, all's well on our front. We were talking about just getting through this pandemic, how wild it is. Um, my other ex, well, I don't even know if he's really my ex because we're back kind of semi-dating again, but I don't want to put it out there yet. Oh, uh, so now Austin, you're now you're now you're bringing out the news, the hot and juicy stuff. We want to hear about right, it. right. But Austin, you know who he is, so I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> so, oh, I know him. Oh, and JP, yeah, and JP, yeah, you, you know him too. Yeah, y'all both know him. Yeah, y'all both know him. <laughs> so, um, it's the same guy that's been around since been around. But um, um, yeah. So we were we're talking about that, um, connecting, and that's pretty much it. But I do think it's genuine in this sense because you don't know. This is a time of uncertainty, unlike any other. And if you guys know me, well, JB, you know me. And Austin, you probably remember me from college, but I'm really type A. So I have lists and I do stuff a certain way and in a certain order each day. But now I can't do that anymore. So that's really thrown me off my game because I don't know what each day brings now. And um, I've been laid off. I, I think I told you guys that a few weeks ago, but I've been laid off. So I'm one of the millions of people impacted by it. Fortunately, like I said, I have a nest egg, but it's, it's different for me because I have to learn to move without a schedule. And it's funny because my, you know, uh, my girlfriend, Evelyn, was telling me, um, and JB, you know Evelyn, she was telling yeah. me, um, she told me this once before when we were in law school. She was like, yo, whenever you don't meet something on your list, you completely derail. And I was like, no, I don't. You know, I got all crazy because I was on my list. Well, then I didn't have one and I derailed. So she was right that time, but don't tell her. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's reuniting people for sure. I'll at least have the conversation. I'm we're a lot back outside, honey, you're back blocked. But in the <laughs> meantime, in between time, I do think it's sincere. And, I, and I'm, I appreciate people reaching out. A lot of people have reached out. I've reached out to a lot of people and it's helpful. It's nice to have a change of who you talk to regularly because there's not much else to do. Oh, I y'all agree. got real quiet. What happened? You might wait. Y'all both okay. got real quiet. I know. I had you on mute real quick. Wow. <laughs> I'm out here getting muted. You know. But no, I, I, I agree. Wait, you because... coughing? Wait, is that the... Hey, you know this thing been lingering. But do you... <laughs> but no, I have no, I have you... no concerns with that. Oh, okay. You might, but do you have... But do you have... <laughs> Look, Keely Williams. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but I agree because, like you said, the circumstances of how things are right now are insane. And then there are a lot of people who are being impacted that probably didn't know that it can impact them as closely as it has. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know some people personally who have um, had it. Uh, I, I think I even mentioned on the show that my dad called me and said that one of our cousins passed away from it. So th- there oh, are wow. people that, you know, are being impacted by this in ways that they never thought it would kind of like when you think back on some of the other pandemics that have happened like we would hear numbers we would hear oh this has happened to people but we are now in a in a time where we're not just hearing it happening to people but we're actually seeing it a lot more and a lot closer to home than we i feel like we have in the past so 
I, it should it could be putting people and things into perspective that from people who probably never would have. And uh, it, it kind of sucks a little bit because there are some people who probably have been ultimate footboys and women over <laughs> over time and may not get any type of um, leeway <laughs> or mm-hmm. anything with it because of how the history has been. But, you know, it is nice to hear, like, even from you, Urban Lapper, that you've, you've had people reach out and you believe them and you actually had those yeah. conversations. Yeah, and then you know me. You know I reach out to people. Um, if you guys know, if I can't do anything else, I can maintain a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the hey, how are you? What's going on? How you doing? Um, how's your mom? How's your cousin? <laughs> like, That's funny. <laughs> you sound like text messages I've read. The ones were like, hey, you know, I was just sitting back thinking about you. Oh, and tell your mom I said, hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, you gonna pull the mom card on me? Right. Don't don't act like that, pulling them off. But you know, I check up on you. I'll text you like, "Hey, how you feel today?" I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So, like, um, Austin, you've seen things from a different way, especially being in politics. Like, like, how do you feel like some of the things that people are experiencing now are going to impact them long term? Oh, I think uh, I think this is going to have a huge long term effect on people. One, from their financial, you know, if you lost your job, um, you know, the the financial aspect and the economic aspect is going to be with you potentially for the next couple of years until you can rebound. Uh, I think people who, uh, you know, if you were planning to retire, um, that the whole economic forecast just dashed your hopes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then not to think, you know, think about people who if you don't have healthcare insurance, health insurance, right. And you got COVID and went to the hospital and had to be on a ventilator, you know, how, how, how much your hospital bills are going to, are going to be. And and think about also all the businesses that are not going to come back after this, that couldn't, that couldn't stand, you know, two months of no revenue. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, whenever, things get, you know, I think a year from now, our reality looks very different than it did a year ago. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's something that people, especially these people that have been running, trying to get outside are are missing. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, you know, they, I think they have a flawed thinking. I think they think like if a government or say the state legislature votes to open everything immediately, that things are just going to go back to the way they were in January. And the reality right. is it's not uh, right. because a lot of these businesses, you know, look, we, everything could be open today, but if people don't feel safe, nobody's going to a Pittsburgh Steeler game or right. a Pirates right. game, or, you know, people just aren't going to do things. And regardless of, you know, whether it's open or not, they're going to be economic struggles. Um, mm-hmm. So I think really the best thing that we can do is we can rebuild our economy. You know, we've done it multiple times. For, you know, us, people in our age group, if you were graduating high school in 2008, like, you know, you were really concerned about what you were going to do for a job post-college because everything was so bleak. Um, right. And, you know, we went on to have one of the greatest 10-year runs in the economy uh, that our country had ever seen. So, you know, we can rebuild that, but we can't get people's lives back. Um, and I think, you know, the priority from many states that are that are that are handling this situation well are really focused on people and their health. Uh, I live focused- in one of those states. Yes. <laughs> I live in North Carolina. I'm so excited. They care about <laughs> us. 
a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but you know, you, you look at you know, so I've gotten I've gotten a lot of hate mail the last couple of days because the Republicans, the governor vetoed a series of bills to reopen things quickly, um, and I voted to sustain his veto. And I've gotten a lot of hate mail from people who are saying they want things open immediately. You know, they think it's wrong, but in every state that you look at that has opened things up too quickly, you're seeing rapid increases of COVID nineteen cases. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's just better. It, you, it never hurts you to be safe. You know what I mean? Right. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's something I've been saying adamantly on my end because I have become almost obsessed with looking at the daily counts. As yes, he has. From the Texas Department of State. Mm-hmm. Sure, he has. So, like, <laughs> and I, you know, uh, people who follow me on social media know that I post the numbers every time. And um, what people don't understand or are refusing to understand is that, okay, so using the the state of Texas as an example, up until May the 1st, the state was closed. And then that's when they decided that we're going to open up things. Putting things in perspective from the the onset of the whole COVID-19 thing through April the 30th, we had three days where we had over a thousand new cases. Oh. We opened on May the 1st. And obviously I do know that the numbers from May the 1st were not going to be reflective of what happened after the state opened. Cause we know typically it's not that soon after someone is exposed or contracted that they will start showing symptoms and would likely go get tested for something like this. But from May the 1st through the 23rd, which was yesterday, we have had one, two, three, four, only five days where we haven't been over a thousand. So from onset to April the um, 30th, we only had three over a thousand a day. Since then, we've only had four where we weren't. We even went up as having our highest spike on the 16th, where we had over 1800 new cases in a day. And then when we talk, we hear things from like the governor here in Texas, they're saying, oh, it's only like that because the availability of testing has increased and more people are getting tested. I was like, that doesn't change the fact that the numbers are higher. That also, right. if anything, makes the numbers that we had before look false because that means that we didn't have enough available testing then and the numbers that were lower could have been higher if the testing was available. Exactly. They're not counting the asymptomatic people to undetected cases. Like what? Well, so the oh, one okay. thing, the one thing too to keep in mind is, as you look at all this stuff, the one thing we've we've seen over the last few months is that um, while this disease uh, is very serious, it's contagious. Um, the the mortality rate is is almost uh, almost entirely people over sixty five, senior mm-hmm. citizens, uh, and, and and under that, people who had had other underlying health conditions. So not not to say that, you know, nobody is expendable for sure, but I think it's government's job to then begin to craft a strategy on how we protect those people. Uh, so, you know, so and I, and I haven't really seen that yet. I mean, in Pennsylvania, um, if you're in a nursing home, if you have a family member in a nursing home right now, it is a very serious situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, because it, it is spreading rapidly in nursing homes. Um, and so, you know, I think one of the focus points is that we should really be focused on how do we protect vulnerable populations of seniors, people with pre-existing health conditions. Um, but it, it almost doesn't seem like the government from a national level, um, is focused on anything. 
It feels exactly. like they have. It feels like they have not accomplished anything from three months ago, from when we started mm-hmm. three months ago. We're mm-hmm. in the same position. Um, so I, I think you know, hopefully, it's a wake up call for folks who you know who are paying attention, who are going to be voting this year. That you know, government is important. There's a re- there's a role for it, and you need people who mm-hmm. know what they're doing in government. And I think over the last number of years, we've seen more people who don't have any government experience just run for office and people have gravitated towards them because they're like, oh yeah, we want somebody new, something fresh. Well, the reality is if you have a heart attack, do you want a doctor who's performed a thousand heart surgeries or somebody who's performed two or none? Right. 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 You're going to want the doctor who's performed a thousand of them. Right. The experience. And that's the thing. People, a lot of times what they like, oh, we're tired of politicians. We're tired of politicians. But now it's, oh, we need politicians. Right. We needed that experience from the gate. So now, but the good thing, well, not, not the good thing. Let me not say that's a good thing. It's not a good thing. But what COVID has taught us is that we do need experienced politicians, despite what we think. What we need to do is make them more accountable for our agendas. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Not vote in um, celebrities or inexperienced people. And I get everyone has to get their start somewhere. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying inexperienced people, but we can't just vote anyone in on the sake of, oh, I'm tired of this, so let's just try anything new. We're not that desperate, and we don't have to be that desperate. We have to be more strategic when we move forward. Right. And if you, look at, if you look at the states that are doing really well, like Andrew Cuomo in New York and uh, Mike DeWine, the Republican governor from Ohio, uh, these are all governors who have had significant experience in government, who have yep. held multiple offices, who worked in both state and federal government understand how how to how government works and how to make it move uh to achieve a goal right mm-hmm. they've been calling yeah, was- governor como um governor of the united states they kept saying governor of the united states como <laughs> 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 that's what i've been seeing on social media so yeah he's on point yeah i was i think i was, I was telling urban laughter before and i can't remember if i said it on the call or like on uh, a previous podcast episode or not but i work for a company that provides software to the automotive industry and and i work on their salesforce side and sometimes i have to help people troubleshoot so someone that i was helping was actually based in i believe ecuador and so i was casually having a conversation with him and i brought up the whole COVID 19 thing to see how his experience was there especially in a significantly smaller country and he said that their cases are probably some of the lowest in the world, but then I so I started asking what kind of things were in place there. He said that they're, they are only allowed out on specified days. So, and he said it's determined based off of their license plate. So let's say if you look on your license plate and the last um, letter or number in there, well, the last number is between zero and one one of those two, then Monday is your day to go out and do everything that you need to do. <laughs> and then if it's mm. two to three, then Tuesday is your day to do everything that you need to do. So they have like these extreme restrictions in place to to regulate how many people are out at one time. And he said, I think when he told me they get fined, they get fined and given a ticket that's worth about 400 and I think he said 71 American dollars. Every time they're mm-hmm. out, when they're not supposed to, unless it's an emergency. And so I was just sitting back thinking about how we basically, we live in a country where everything has been built on the idea that we're supposed to have these rights. 
that people don't want to <laughs> loosen them up enough to help what's going on right now. Like I was driving up the road um, the other day, the day that we opened up to 50% here, there was just like this huge crowd of people just outside casually in a field by a CVS. Like, I don't even know. It's almost like someone sent out something to the <laughs> all of the people in my neighborhood and said, Hey, we're going to congregate at the CVS today. So I'll meet you there. And I'm just like, I don't, this doesn't even make sense, but it's, it's just interesting to me right. how other countries have been tackling things. Like I think someone tried to compare us to Italy. I was like, no, Italy went through a really, really tough situation that and it required them to essentially lock down their entire country in ways that we have not so when people try to say well italy's opening now i was like yeah italy's opening now but they're basically a sense moving into their like they they completed their phase one i don't even think we completed our phase one we put these phases in place only for us to say okay it's been a week we we've gone through it let's go ahead and jump into the next stage not really verifying if we've actually met the criteria that was technically supposed to have been done by the end of phase one. Like we see now that um, the president for some people is um, he basically said, okay, so churches are essential. We're going to open them up. I was like, okay, yeah, churches, wherever you make that to be, your church can be at home. Let's not be trying to risk (laughs) these people's lives like this. Like I'm, and I'm I'm happy to see that there are certain um, leaders in churches that I've seen here that are saying, "Yay, I see that this is what's being said, but we're still going to do this virtually because we want you all to be safe, and we want right, uh, we want to be safe ourselves." Like, right, like, right. And I don't even think Trump is being sincere. I think he's trying to pander to evangelists because he's losing their support. Oh yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah, let's be real here. He's pandering to evangelists. Yeah, they want to. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a mess. But since you said something about voting, we just jumped right into things, moving into our living while black. Let's first, for we're gonna just flip things back to you, Austin, because we haven't even actually really dived into the man that is Austin. So, like, how did you okay. get into politics? I know that we talked about how you and Urban Laughter had certain conversations and candid conversations in college, but like, where did your foundation for wanting to get into politics start? You know, it started really um, when I was in high school. I was the chairman of the Mayor's Youth Advisory Council uh, in McKeesport, where I grew up. Uh, and it really just kind of exposed me to what government can do and how government could be a force for good in our communities. Uh, but I also realized that, um, particularly in Pittsburgh, there weren't a lot of people that looked like uh, looked like us uh, mm-hmm. in, in government. Um, and I thought there, that needed to change. Um, so really, um, when I graduated college, I worked for the county executive here in Pittsburgh uh, as his executive assistant for six years, uh, and it, I really got to oversee every policy area you can imagine, you can think of in terms of county government. Uh, but it really showed me that it, it, government could be a force for good, uh, and that there needs to be more qualified, experienced people in government uh, to make decisions for our population. Um, so really, it just was a passion of mine, something that I've kind of always been interested in. Um, I didn't really plan. I, I kind of knew I always wanted to run for office, but so much of it is about timing and opportunity. Uh, and, you know, my um, my predecessor in the state house had resigned, uh, resigned from the legislature and uh, there was an open seat. And I thought about running and then I looked at all the candidates that were going to run 
and just thought that I was more qualified and better positioned to do the job than any of them. Um, so I, I decided to take the leak, leap and uh, I ran and uh, I, I was nominated by the Democratic Party uh, uh, unanimously uh, for that special election. And I beat a Republican with about 74% of the vote. Uh, and I've been in office since uh, since January of 2018, and I've been in office ever since. Uh, but okay. it really is a great way to to make a difference in your community. And some of the projects that I've got to work on, and and in my short tenure, have been really impactful. From you know revitalizing our main streets in places like Clareton and McKeesport. Uh, so there's some things happening that you could really see, uh, and it's it's positive. Yep. Awesome, awesome. I, I didn't want to take over all of the questions. I know that Urban Laughter being the political person that she is and being close to you, I wanted to have allow her to have more of the floor here. So Talk about he wanted to allow me to have more of the floor. Like I wasn't gonna take well, it. I, <laughs> I was going to take it if it had got too out of hand. Meanwhile, you just like <laughs> for real though, I am gonna take it. You know? You know, thank you. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we're about to get into voting, you know, it's right. coming up and I, JB and I emphasize, um, especially me, I emphasize on the show a lot that, yo, November is going to be here before we know it. And I know people think it's too soon. It is never too soon. Um, I know voting in the presidential election is crucial and it's important. And I'm not saying it's not, but can you explain to our listeners why voting in their local election is just as, if not more important as the presidential? Oh, absolutely. Um, because the reality is your local elected officials will affect your life more on a day-to-day basis than the president will. So, for example, if you're if you have children and you're concerned about their education, right, uh, your local school board member and your state legislator are going to have a bigger impact in what their schools look like and how successful their schools are uh, than the president will. Uh, if you're interested in making sure that you have um, paved roads and, and, a, and affordable housing um, and, and a good mass transportation system, all those decisions are made at the local level from your county leaders, your city leaders to your, your state legislature. So I, I would say the thing, if the, most people, you know, are voting for the president because they think he's the most powerful, you know, he makes all the decisions. But the reality is our, we have a, a large government system that's made up of thousands hundreds of thousands of people who all make decisions that literally affect your life every day. Uh, and, and quite frankly, local officials are a lot more accountable to you than the president. So you're not, you, you could call the white house and ask to speak to the president, but I can guarantee you're never going to get through. Um, mm-hmm. But if you call your state legislator's office and ask to speak to your state representative or your state Senator or your city councilman, uh, uh, I can almost guarantee uh, eight out of 10 times you're going to be able to get that person on the phone. Yep, I agree. So when people see me pushing for the local elections on my pod, or sorry, my podcast page, on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, it's not because I don't think the presidential elections don't matter. They definitely matter. But I also understand that our local politicians are who directly impact us. And like he said, we can go directly to them and talk. Um, I'm from the Hill District in Pittsburgh, as y'all know, H.I. till I die. But um, a lot of us, there have been times where my printer has gone out and I was able to go to my representative office, um, Jake Wheatley, and go print stuff off for free. Yeah. So and I, I know that's a small resource and a small example, but there are so many resources in that office and so many, I'm sure, in Austin's office Absolutely. that you can get that the president's not going to give to you. 
Right. So just keep that in mind when you go and vote for your local officials. So if you don't like how things are and you want to make a change, make sure you're voting for the right local candidate and looking up their information. <clears throat> so, okay, so I said I was going to let her hand, uh, lead a lot. Of this. All right, because I was ready to go. Okay, well, you, go, you go ahead and do the next one. I'll jump on next. I'll jump on after that. Okay, one. yeah, okay, okay, okay. So voting is one of our essential rights in this country. We already know that. And a common misconception is that felons can't vote. And a lot of felons don't realize that they can. Um, how can a felon in PA get registered to vote? Yeah, so this is a huge misconception. Um, felons can't, in most states, there are, some, there are still a few states where they can't, but most mm-hmm. states felons can't vote. And Pennsylvania is one of those states. Um, so if, if, you, if, they, if, if somebody with a criminal history wants to vote, all they have to go is to uh, votespa.com uh, and they can register online there. Or go or go to your your county board of elections, but it's really easy to just go to votespa.com. And the, the fact that that it, just hearing you say that and how easy that sounds like that is, <laughs> how you know there are so many people that are being told that they can't vote, so they don't even look into it, says a lot. Like the fact that you say, oh, you just go on the website and you just do it there. It's just like oh. I was I was actually sitting here waiting for like this long drawn out like okay so these are the hoops that you're gonna have to jump through. No, and there's none. I mean, a felon would register to vote just like anybody who doesn't have a criminal record. It's very easy. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, like um, when it comes to other states, I know that you're uh, in PA, but would you say that this is the same method that? a felon in a different state would go through to find out if they can vote in those states? Yeah, I would go to your, your department of state, uh, the department of state for whichever state you live in uh, administers elections and they will have the guidelines. I would say traditionally we've seen, uh, we've seen more restrictions on voting rights for felons in Southern states. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. Florida, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, um, northern states tend to be more open and more liberal with those voting procedures. But we've seen a lot of people um, been pushing for these change. So like criminal justice reform uh, is a national issue now. And, and one, I think that really motivates people to vote because everybody knows somebody that's being held back because of a mistake they made mm-hmm. uh, in the past. And so uh, it's really a national issue to try to, to try to change our criminal justice laws. Uh, like I can say here in Pennsylvania, one of the biggest barriers for folks is uh, probation and parole. <laughs> probation violations often send people back to prison very quickly. Um, and so we are we actually are, are have a package of bills to change probation and parole reform law, uh, laws here in Pennsylvania. Uh, but, yeah, I would sort of go to their Department of State uh, website. You know, so if you're in Texas, the Texas Department of State administers your elections, most likely uh, the secretary of state. In some states, it's an elected position, and others, it's an appointed position. Uh, but that person is responsible for your voting rights. Cool. That is good to know. Because like you said, there, there are a lot of people who are being held back due to a mistake from years ago. Yes. Right. And right. Yeah. It's, it's good to know that. And they don't know that they can vote. Yeah, they're, they're, no. It's like, you can vote. They're like, oh, I'm not registered to vote because I can't register. Oh, sorry, JD. My bad. Oh, no, no. It's fine. I was just basically saying the same thing. Like, a lot of people just don't know. Like, because I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, like you, you hear people say so much that if, like, if you're a felon, you can't vote, that and eventually it becomes fact to you. Like, even if you haven't mm-hmm. you know, heard it so much, just like, there's no way that they you just believe that it. much. Yeah. They don't even check to see if they really can. Yeah. 
and that could be ha- happening to a lot of people where they're just they're hearing it mm-hmm. so much so they're just assuming that this is a fact all right handing it back to you because i know you know don't act like that i was gonna ask if you were sure mm-hmm. but um <laughs> the next thing is um should we reform the electoral college or keep it as is you know i don't know so i'm not sure i, I struggle with it um i struggle with that um so part of me feels thinks yes because i think Anybody who wins the popular vote should be elected president. But um, so, but, but like, so on the flip side, the electoral college makes only a few states really relevant, right? In terms of the presidential election. It's all, you Mm -hmm. always hear Pennsylvania, Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, right? Right. Those are the, because everywhere else is already, we already know which way they're going to vote, right? Mm -hmm. If you do the, if you switch to the electoral college, then that really just, it disenfranchises states who have smaller populations. So like, you know, California would have a huge, you know, basically whoever wins California is, you know, really on their way to winning the election. So to mm-hmm. speak. That's it's true. Based on, based on population. So I, I think there, I don't know if I have the answer for what the system should be, but I think it def, there definitely needs to be reforms. I'm just not sure what, uh, what those reforms should be. Like we have seen uh, since 2000, um, you know, George Bush won the White House without uh, winning uh, the popular vote. Uh, right. Trump won the White House without winning the popular vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so clearly there is um, the system is not working uh, the way it was designed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. Definitely agree. And that's so when I run for president, like I'll I'll I'll, I'll give that a little bit more. more you run for president. <laughs> good, you got my vote. Good, give that some thought. Give that some yeah, thought. that's that's a good point about California because whenever you look at when the voting is coming in for the presidential election, we usually sit back and we're waiting for California to come through. We already always know that it's going to be blue. I think at that point, right. I'm watching to see how much how many votes are going to be added. That's usually what I'm. Right. Yeah, because when I've seen, I mean, they they turn out when it comes to voting in California, <laughs> and you, oh, yeah. you can definitely tell when those numbers come in. So it's that's a very good point that I think that I know I knew, but at the same time hadn't really taken into consideration. So um, quickly into like the census, we've been getting our things in the mail. We've already filled out the census here, but yeah. um, you know. With like COVID nineteen, the presidential election coming up, and everything, why should people of color respond to the census? Like, what it, what makes oh. it more important for us? Yes, it's this huge. Um, it is huge. One, uh, if if you care about uh, representation and care about having people that look like you serve in elected office and and leadership roles, filling out the census is is extremely important because. Um, uh, district lines for your state legislator, your uh, congressman, all those are decided based on census data. So if you don't respond, uh, you're most likely going to end up with a less representative district. Um, it, uh, also, federal funding is allocated based on the census. So if you care about the funding that your local schools receive or your county receives, for say mass transit, if you ride, uh, you know, bus, if you ride subways, um, those that the funding for those things are all allocated through the census. Um, so it, it is important, particularly that African American and minorities um, are counted, uh, that they're uh, were counted accurately, uh, because ultimately it it it's it lead it it's our voice that's being heard uh, in this system. 
And it doesn't matter. And I'd like to say it doesn't matter if you're a citizen or not when you're filling out the census. Uh, I know Donald Trump tried to make that an issue, but the reality is the census is just a count. We just want to count right. how many people are in our country. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, our census was submitted. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So if you have yours, turn it in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did mine a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's extremely helpful. And it, it takes no time at all. It really doesn't. And, and that's what was, that was my big push. You know, a few weeks back, JB, um, and Austin, you may have heard, I don't know if you listened to the episode, but a few weeks back, I had mentioned that, one, encouraging people to vote in their local elections, and two, about the census, because, well, we need it. You need the change. You need those funds. And the reason sometimes we get disenfranchised is sometimes we don't fill out forms like the census form mm -hmm. over the right. years. So definitely fill those out and keep that in mind that this is a community effort. So if you get it, don't throw it away. Don't ignore it. Right. Fill it out. Send it back. All right. Well, I think that on my end, that's all for the political side of Austin. So, right. You know, handing this over to Urban Laughter again, I'll let you go ahead and take <laughs> us into the next thing. Okay. Because we need to know about Austin, the man. Mm. Right. So, we have several questions here. Just real okay. quick. Okay. Who's your favorite rapper? So, um, you know, it's changes. It's been changing. But right now, um, Meek Mill is probably my favorite rapper. He's uh, Philadelphia, born and bred. He's a Pennsylvania guy. But I think he's really talented. I love the stuff that he's doing around criminal justice reform. Okay. So I think he's not only is he lyrically, you know, great, but he's also just a great citizen to try to make this country a better place. So I, I'm a big fan of Meek Mill. Okay, come on. And then you know Dreams and Nightmares still good. Oh, that's, I used to yes. to that all the time I start my, my workouts. <laughs> right. that's how I start my classwork. I start my classwork and my workout with Dreams and Nightmares. <laughs> I was somebody so, mentioned on the podcast I was listening to. I said, like, let me check this out. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is staying. This is this is right. <laughs> yeah, right. I've um I've actually had the opportunity to meet him a few times. Uh he's lobbied in Pennsylvania for probation and parole reform. Um, so he's really active uh, here in Pennsylvania in terms of policy. Yeah, I'm so happy to hear it. And I've been seeing it because um, I follow Meek on social media. Same reasons. He's a Pennsylvania native. Mm. And um, he is. He's doing good things for criminal justice reform. And I really like it because he can speak from the point of having been a victim of it. I can't right. even say that he's been a victim of the injustices of it. So he can tell you firsthand and really help propel that reform. So I'm excited right. about what's to come. Ooh. Okay. Next thing. What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. So, I, you, Jada, you know I like to eat. So, <laughs> so, you know, I don't really, I don't really have a favorite food. It depends on the mood I'm in, right? So, I, um, but I, I like a little bit of everything. I love Asian food. I love soul food. So, because it's summertime now, I'm big into like barbecue, like ribs, barbecue okay. chicken. Uh, we, we had a little, we had a little barbecue here yesterday. We uh, we followed the guidelines. We were less than twenty five people. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you put that asterisk in. Right, and we social distanced. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Okay, so do you watch Insecure? So I haven't watched the new season, but I have. Uh, I did watch the previous seasons. So, but I haven't okay. caught up on the new season yet. All right, so you haven't caught up on the season yet. That's okay. I just want to know: Are you Team Molly or Team Issa? I'm I'm Team Issa. 
Thank you so much, JB. I'll take Molly. No, no. I mean, I like Molly. Molly's a little too much. Molly. Not Molly. Molly. You're not saying Molly. I'm sorry. Both of them have been terrible to each other in their friendship, and they both have. You're right. I apologize. Really, I don't feel like Issa's been that terrible. Me either. Wait to this season, because there's a whole reason why this last episode she tried to make herself feel like a better person. Okay. I said okay. I apologize about doing that because he is kind of teeny, so he did. But he did present an argument for Molly. It was strong, not strong enough. Oh no, it, it was. was I had people hit me up like, oh. you know what? I didn't. I mean, Molly is kind of like a terrible friend. She was dating her whole friend's husband for all that time in the one season. Like, mm-hmm. no, but that's not. Her, I mean, that's not okay. That's a bit different when we're talking about her relationship with Issa. Right. That's true. that. That's the whole thing. I think that when I. When like in the last episode we did, the whole point of what I was saying to Urban Laughter was that I think that Molly has had a lot of moments where she was a terrible friend, but I think mm-hmm. that there have been a lot of people giving Issa passes for the bad things that she's done, and I think that uh, like even when I was reading up, like one of the creators of the show even said that he was surprised by it too, that a lot of people are giving Issa passes for things despite the fact that she's actually in a lot of ways done some of the exact same things that Molly has, but because of how she communicates things, it comes off different because, you know, Issa's the, I'm going to say it in a joking way, but it's not going to be so blatant where Molly, she'll come to you once they pass both of their passive aggressive ways. She's just straight up. So it's like, it comes off a bit more abrupt and, and a lot of times comes off really rude, but, Ultimately, they're doing the exact same thing. So I think it's interesting. I'm very interested in seeing tonight's episode, which is supposed to be more of a Molly episode. But I can't say much okay. to you, Austin, because I don't want to ruin it for you because you got to. No, don't, right. don't. Don't ruin it. I got to catch up. But yeah, it, it, I think it, to me, and I think uh, Urban Lather said, uh, and I have both said this, this is probably one of the seasons that I think has caused more people to talk about the show. Because this is, yeah. like, it's always been a real show. We've always felt like what we've seen right. them do or right. go through is stuff that we've seen other right. people go through. Yeah. But this is one of the, the realest uh, moments of the series when it comes to their friendship. Because we've all seen them yeah. build up over the, the course of the show. And now we're finally right. here and it's like, oh man, there's so many more elements to this than we thought it was going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like a real friendship. I mean, in the sense of this, Austin, it makes me think of me, Jazz, Sam, and Tila. You know, yeah. the four of us, thick as thieves. Yes. we're still thick as thieves. We do everything together. Um, we still are actively in each other's lives. Our group chat is booming. But yeah. it, it kind of makes me think, and that's because there have been moments where amongst us, we've had blowups, not big, crazy blowups, but where we've had to check each other like, yo, you slip in, you need to get this together. Mm-hmm. Or, yo, you lacking right here. Let me help you. Like that kind of thing. So in that dynamic, my um my college girlfriends, is, I feel like that on a, a level. Like I, I feel that I remember these points in our relationships where it's hit those valleys and peaks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, this is so relatable because this has happened to us or we know someone who has happened to. Yeah, it's it's, right. it's kind of like that moment from Blackish where we saw the the husband and wife, I always forget, um, <laughs> I always forget uh, Tracy Ellis Ross's character's name, but when we saw them going through their marital problems. It was like, you know, this whole show mm-hmm. has been all of this. This moment of the show has made them feel even more relatable than they've ever been in the past. And I think we, like we did with them, are sitting back seeing, okay, we're hopeful that this is something they're going to get through. We're just interested in knowing how they're going to get there. Right. 
but yeah i think that's interesting all these people you had to lighten the mood a little bit yeah okay we're gonna pick it back up at the end you know this game got valleys and peaks yeah. y'all see my jay-z quote i hope y'all notice my jay-z reference uh you know i can't relate you know i'm not big yeah i know <laughs> rap but okay so um just gonna quickly go through this stuff because we did a lot of we spent a lot of time into this in this last week <laughs> I always sound so depressed when I start talking about this stuff. Okay, so last week we talked about Ahmad Arbery and how he was killed by um Travis and was it Gregory? <laughs> I believe that's their names, Travis McMichael. Um well last week, um since this is now Sunday, last week the sister of Travis, Lindsay McMichael, had basically got um caught some heat because she Around the time of the on the shooting, which was in, I believe February the twenty third, um, she published on her Snapchat a photo of Ahmad's body at the crime scene, and um, you know, obviously, it's not going to take long for this to kind of blow up. And she basically said that her motive behind doing that was there was no ill intent. She's just a huge fan of true crime, especially like the podcast and. That was why she did what she did. So, okay. (laughs) Urban Laughter. What was your initial response when you read that? Because I think I sent this to you like one morning, like, girl. (laughs) Right. And you know, okay, because you know I get exasperated. I'm not going to cuss today, (laughs) y'all. Not today. I've been doing really good this episode. But, okay. For me, the fact that the first thing you thought of seeing a lifeless human body was true crime to me was completely and utterly insane. And it also made me think of the true crime podcast. We're podcasters, so we know how this works. Mm -hmm. We don't, as podcasters, we tell the story, but we don't accept the gory. Like you may find some police photographs or some uh, official photographs made from the crime scene, but when it's still fresh, they don't accept those kinds of submissions, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they don't. I'd have to talk to another true crime podcaster, but for me, right. But for me, for her to say, oh, this was, it was like real true life crime. You can think whatever you want, but to verbalize it, it's like, um, and then you send it on snap, like a kill from a hunting trip. For me, it's like no concern for the man who's dead. The crime that your father and brother just committed. It's completely insensitive. No concern for the family. It's completely insensitive completely insensitive the family involved for us i'm not related to them and i feel this mm-hmm. i'm not related to them and i feel this it is insensitive to me too because this is someone who looks like me who has been senselessly murdered and you're sharing it on snapchat like it was a deer you probably shouldn't be killing deer either but i don't work for peter so we're gonna let that slide <laughs> but it's like that are you really that immune to violence like how did you grow up it makes me wonder like yo what is their family like so it, it, it's, it's more than that to me because okay she posted this on Snapchat and what makes you uh, Snapchat unique from a lot of these other social media platforms is something that you can post and it'll be gone in 24 hours. If this was just yeah, but I'm you were screenshot. so like, um, this was driven. It's not gone. It's not gone. It's not gone. My thing is this, if it was driven by the fact that you love true crime, then this is something that you wouldn't have been trying to hide on a platform that you knew would disappear over time. If this was something that okay. you were just so, Oh my God, can't believe this has happened. This would have been on your Facebook. This could have been on your Instagram, but you put it on a platform where you knew that as you put it up there, it is expected to time out over 24 hours. So after that, 
you can post it and no one would have technically any evidence, at least so you thought, that you even posted Well, we can save place. your stories. And y'all, JB, you know I'm screen record God. I will screen record in a heartbeat, screenshot in a heartbeat. And before your little 24 hours is up, it's already in my group chats. Right. So what makes her think that no one else would do it? And I think on Snapchat, I'm old, y'all. I think on Snapchat you can save stories. I have a Snapchat, but my niece has set it up and I don't know how to work it. I don't know how to work TikTok either. But I think you can save stories, I'm pretty sure. I think you can actually save other people's stories. So even if it did disappear for 24 hours, there are hundreds of people in that town or even thousands, however many people are there, who could have saved your story. Mm-hmm. Like, did you not stop to think? It, it, just, it just... irritated me when I read it. I'm like, so, because the fact that she was very quick to to already try to justify why she did. No, ma'am, I, I, I know that. I make jokes all the time about, oh, something's happened. I'm going to pull out my phone. There's nothing in me anywhere that would feel like this dead body needed to be on my phone, <laughs> period. Yeah, are we that desensitized, though? Right. Are we really that desensitized that we don't even have enough compassion and empathy to go, okay, this is a moment where maybe I should put my phone down and focus on what's happening here and try to help my siblings? I mean, if nothing else, and this is speaking as someone's daughter and someone's sister, I'd be more concerned, like, yo, y'all about to go away for a long time. Right. What's up? Like, what happened here? Let's call the authorities. Like, let's get this squared away as quickly as possible so that whatever is going to happen can be done mm-hmm. and get the ball rolling. Like, I, it's not, oh, let me, oh, my true crime podcast. Let me pull my phone out and record this so people can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it just irritates me. And then I, I saw that there was additional, uh, it came out that, well, of course, like this normally happens when something like this happens, especially with a person of color, mainly with a person of color. Um, that's when you start seeing all of these random reports from years ago just magically surface like they're trying to find a way to shift this narrative to make it almost justified that this happened to them in present day. So now I saw an article. Um, it's sad when we get to a point where we say that TMZ is a credible source nowadays, but right. hey, we are here. Um, but there's like a video that surfaced from 2017 where <clears throat> essentially it was like two cops that were questioning Ahmad after finding him alone in his car in Georgia. So they asked to search his car and he said, no, of course, everything kind of started to escalate. They had him outside. They, 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 I think they even pulled a, a taser on him and fired it, but it malfunctioned. But he was already on the ground anyway. So, and he's telling them, like, I don't have anything on me. And apparently he did not have anything on me. He was not arrested that day. He was not cited for anything. But of course, this video has now resurfaced because they're trying to find ways to make it seem like this is a guy who has had a run-in with cops before. Not really realizing this run-in here, again did nothing but it's completely it's completely irrelevant i mean the whole Mm -hmm. the whole Mm -hmm. point the whole point of that video is because if you think about it before that video came out the picture of ahmaud arbery was him in a tuxedo Mm -hmm. it's so they wanted to discredit that picture and and make him seem like a criminal Mm -hmm. somebody in in a sub in a subtle way deserved what happened to him Mm -hmm. it right completely dog it has no relevance or bearing on anything that's going on. And quite frankly, I think the media should be ashamed for even playing it mm-hmm. because it's irrelevant. I agree. It doesn't matter. Agree. Exactly. And as a quick sidebar, y'all, I am happy to see the man who recorded it 
um, William Barron has been arrested for murder mm-hmm. and criminal attempt to commit false imprisonment, as he should have been. I just pray that the charges stick because, as we all know, the arrests always happen. The charges are always brought. They don't always stick. Mm-hmm. Right. So my thing is, I hope that justice truly prevails because this is, it's ridiculous. It is. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. <laughs> like, it is dumb. But... Okay, so segue in from that to something else <laughs> because you know it's that's heavy. It's always heavy every time. It we is heavy. It. But okay, so how did you feel about this whole thing with Joe Biden and Charlemagne? Um, okay. So, <laughs> so, one, yeah, so if you guys have ever watched the show, it's kind of like an edgy, kind of raunchy show at times. I think. Yeah, we watch it. Why what Joe? What Joe Biden said was clearly meant as a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in that in that vein of what the show is um so yeah i think a lot of people did not necessarily find it funny um but I, I think there is a point to what he's saying so i think if you are if you are somebody who is considering voting for donald trump um then by and and maybe you decide to vote for donald trump you are sending a message that the issues of the african american community or or, or african americans in general doesn't really matter to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in no way, shape, or form has President Trump made African Americans or our community or concerns a priority in his administration at all. Uh, he okay. has openly, uh, he has openly uh, been racist towards former President Obama, not just now, but before when President Obama was in office mm-hmm. with the whole mm-hmm. movement that he wasn't born here, he was an illegitimate mm-hmm. president. So, I mean, you know, I, I think. As an African American, I could never vote for Donald Trump. Right, Would same because jealousy is a hell of a drug. Uh, jealousy so, is a hell you know, of a drug. I, I, yeah, so I, you know, I, well, I think what he said was meant as a joke. <laughs> I take his apology that it's sincere, uh, but but in no way, shape, or form does Donald Trump reflect the concerns of African Americans or or care about those concerns at all. It never has. I agree. <laughs> right. Um. I yeah. I do. I, when he said it at first, I thought I was like, you know how we joke like that? Well, you ain't black. Like yeah. I joke with JB. I joke and tell JB he's not black because he don't listen to rap. That doesn't make right. him any less black. Trust me. Right. I just joke about it, you know. But um, Joe, you can't play with us like that. You can't yeah. because this is what happens. It gets taken out of context, and it's also we got to consider who it's coming from. It's Joe Batten. You and you know everything Joe Batten says. Sometimes he's known for, as he says, misspeaking. Mm-hmm. Known right. for. Remember in two thousand and twelve when he said they're trying to put y'all back in chains with Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. He's just known for not meaning harm, but speaking out of place. And um, I agree with Charlemagne, though, too, that we are demanding specific things to cater to our black agenda. Um, too often we see these politicians coming in. They're asking for our vote. They're doing away with us until next term. And we're tired of it. So when people got mad at you, when Diddy said that the black vote wasn't free and everybody got mad, oh, he's not our spokesperson. No, he's not our spokesperson. But what he meant was that these politicians truly have to serve us now well, because for yeah. a long time. So I will say, you know, look, any indication, the only indication of what somebody will do is what they've done in the past, right? Yep. If you look yep. at their track record. Uh, and so if you're looking at the track records of the two people that are running for president in this election, it's clear. Joe Biden, mm-hmm. strong proponent of civil liberties, of voting rights, uh, um, of, 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 of pro- progress in the African-American community. He has supported for eight years very ably. Uh, the first African-American president and that president 
said one of the best decisions he ever made was selecting Joe Biden to be his vice president. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I think it's important that he, he tell us what he's going to do uh, in yeah. the White House, but I'm also looking at what he's done. Right, right. Yeah. So that makes sense. And that's, that's what I was getting at. So the thing is, um, I was going back to what Charlemagne was saying. Charlemagne was asking the things, you know, and he did. He, he defended himself. He said, you know, check my track record. So he definitely yeah. checked his track record. And you know, his crime reform bill thing always comes up. So that comes up constantly. Well, so let's, let's, that- let's, let's, let's talk about that bill, though. So, uh-huh. And this is the misconception that folks make. Uh, in, in the legislative process, there are lots of things in bills, oftentimes. And you have to make decisions. Um, you have to make decisions uh, based on the information and the time in which you're living. In that bill was uh, the vest, the, mes- uh, the uh, Violence Against Women Act was a part of that bill. If you look at the members of Congress that voted for that bill, every member of the Congressional Black Caucus at that time voted for that bill. Uh, so, yes, I think it's easy 20 years later to look back and see um, there were unintended consequences of that piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. But there mm-hmm. were also, and he's on it. There were also good uh, that particular bill. So I think uh, recognizing that you are making the best decisions with the information at the time that you have, but also being flexible to realize, look, we realize we don't get everything perfect and we're going to try to fix those things that we've made perfect, that we, the mistakes that we've made. And I think Joe Biden has spent eight years as vice president and will spend four years in the White House trying to correct those mistakes. I wish you could see how hard I'm smiling. I intentionally said, I was like, please, I hope I said it like, okay, I'm going to say this and I hope he says something and chimes in. Thank you. Because that's the only thing that people are taking, like legitimately, guys, like let's be realistic here. Just what we've seen on the news. That's the only thing that people have been taking and running with. Like, let's be honest here. That, that's oh, the thing absolutely. that people have, they've been taking and running with it. Um, there's been some allegations about the, the sexual misconduct too. We're not going to negate that. But that was the main thing people have been taking and running. And what I wanted to emphasize is that we can get Joe Biden in and recognizing that component that you just pointed out, Austin, that he's a human being working. He worked with the best of what he had at that time, acknowledges the mistake and is working to fix it. That's what we have to rely on. And what we have to remember, these are human beings that make mistakes. But do you want a human being that's going to make a mistake and be accountable for it? Right. Like he's doing right now. Or do we want someone like we have now who makes mistakes and everyone is accountable? He holds everyone accountable except for himself. Right. And so and right. you, and think about this, Jada, you grew up in the Hill District in the 90s. Okay. You, you remember okay. what it was like. So it wasn't just white people that wanted drugs off their street. It was black people. Right. Yeah, it was, a, it was all of us. It was definitely all of us. Don't, 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 wait, don't do that. Wait, hold on. wait, no, do do that because I want to go HI till I die. You know, <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that I'm, I may be hardly home, but I'm always repping. So, <laughs> but yeah, it is. And it is true. And and that's the part too, where we have to have some accountability too, because people were over the gangs, people were over the drugs. It was a lot of us who did support it. Again, what did we do? We worked with what we knew at the time. I mean, I obviously right. was a kid, but right. I know my parents worked with what they had, but that's what I'm getting at. That's exactly where I was going with this. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I, I want people to keep that in mind because yeah, he misspeaks, but the experience is still behind him. And you know, he's a PA man. So yeah. Right. <laughs> kind of sometimes and i will say i, I am I, i'm a I, I am a i'm a democratic national committee delegate for joe biden uh so i will be at the convention if we have a convention uh, in august to vote for him to nominate him for president okay and then i'm just biased because i'm from pa <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a politician so i can be biased guys. <laughs> yes, <So. you> can. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm all like, yeah. I mean, plus it's coming down to Joe or Trump. And like you said, y'all know I'm a black woman. I'm absolutely not voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that on that. But okay, well, I don't want to hold you any longer. Also, you've been awesome guest for us. Uh, really you've provided some insight that Thank I think you. a lot of our listeners will definitely appreciate and hopefully be able to use in deciding what they're going to do in their future when it comes to voting and being active in politics. Um, so we love it. We haven't had someone who, who could spit as much knowledge about how things are since we've had the podcast. So this has been an awesome experience for us too. It really has. Well, thank you so much for having me. I would love to come back whenever you want me, you know, Jada, you know how to find me. Um, Good, Cause so- I was dreadfully great. Say closer to the time I need you around. We <laughs> all of these things. <laughs> I, I will I will certainly come back. Awesome. Thank well, you so thank much. Thank you so much for being on the show today. All right. So we are at the end of our show. Do you have anything that you want to leave our listeners with today? Um, do I have anything I want to leave y'all with today? Oh, get out and vote, mostly. You know, that kind of thing. You know, same thing I've been saying since been saying. <laughs> I was really excited about today. I had fun. Yeah, I mean, show. I always have fun anyway. But it was, it was like, oh, it's so nice for someone to hear it from someone who's in politics because y'all hear me all day. Mm-hmm. And I know that's in one ear and out the other sometimes. But to hear it from someone on the inside track, I hope that changes your perspective. Yeah. What you got planned for the weekend? Um, not, or for the Memorial Day weekend? Nothing, really. Say. I'm just going to be chilling. Um, Eating off that forming grill. No, <laughs> I think I'm actually going to make another lasagna, so it won't even be like Memorial Day food. It's just going to be food. But that's about it. Nothing major. Just going to stay in, continue to do my uh, social distancing, and um, that's it. That's all you're getting out of me. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, first of all, I'm going to go take my walkie walk walk. Um, get my couple steps in. I'm doing a jump rope challenge with my homegirls. Um, my, one of my close friends, well, my best friend, um, she records hers. I don't know if I'm going to record mine. If I do, it's definitely going to be in a joke record. And I'm definitely getting ready to make it like a jump rope type thing. But um, yeah, so I'm probably going to walk, do a couple jump ropes. Is that what you call it? Jump some going rope? To, I don't going know to jump, uh, jump rope? Or jump some rope. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump rope, and I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to lay down like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, cool. Well, ballheads, if you've made it to the end of the show, just another quick reminder: if you haven't subscribed to us, definitely subscribe on whatever streaming platform you are using. Definitely rate us if you're on Apple Podcasts. Five stars always great. Um, and if you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us there at the Rude Urban Truth Podcast and on Twitter at Rude Herb Truth Pod. And as we mentioned before, Urban Laughter has finally made some shirts a part of the Notorious Brunch collection that you can find by going to therudeurbantruth.com. And I think that's all. And if you haven't, we've been you've been hearing these wonderful advertisements for us all month. If you are still looking to buy something for Father's Day, remember. Manscaped is where it's at. Go to manscaped.com using promo code RUE20 and get 20% off and free shipping off of your order. You've heard it at the beginning of this episode and you're hearing it at the end. But that's all I got for y'all this week, Ballheads. All right, farewell. Make your choices. Don't talk to strangers and wash your hands. <laughs> all right, bye, Ballheads. Bye.